Welcome to Live in 20-something. If this is your first time listening, I would like to say thank you. And for my returners, welcome back. What's up, you guys? It's been a hot minute since the last time we chat. Um, But today I have a little special guest, y'all. I got a man now, so. She got some mans now. Go on, then. I heard that. What's up? What's up with it? Okay, so. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to be talking about trauma. Um, And really how trauma starts when, like, you are a kid. And if you don't deal with it, you're going to be 20, 30, 40, 50 years old trying to... uh, deal and work with childhood trauma and yeah that's hard um back background so i know a lot of y'all know i'm a college advisor but i actually started school i'm getting my master's degree in school counseling um lewis he is uh, working on his bachelor's degree in psychology and then we'll be moving forward to um be a marriage and count marriage and the, the marriage uh, and family therapist. Okay. So we kind of have the same background of education in some sense. Right. Um, and we strongly, I think, yeah, we, we, we have a lot of similarities and we, you know, agree on certain things when it comes to like the way our upbringing and the way we came up and how we want to move forward. Um, although we like, got brought up differently mm-hmm. but we still dealt with trauma and I feel like trauma in different ways that still how can I say this like uh, still cause you in your adult life to kind of look at things a certain way or to react to certain things as that young kid Man. so yeah we're gonna just chop it up it's funny when you was like uh how we agree on a lot of things, but the things we disagree on, like we disagree oh, on. Oh yeah. <laughs> like no budge. But I think the disagreement conversations has been the most entertaining conversations. Mm-hmm. Like the ones that we agree on to be like, oh, that's what's up. She agrees with me. But the one like you disagree with me on, I'll be I'm like, like, man, you better <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> I'll be like, right, what the f- is she on? Now listen, but that honestly deals with we're both strong and that comes from I don't know why I'm so strong. Mm-hmm. I'm just like my dad, but Lewis strongness, I feel like probably wrong, but some of his come from I'm not budging on certain things because of what happened like growing up and what he had to encounter. And um I'm right. I mean, I can see that. You can see that. I can see some some areas. In some areas. In some areas. In some areas. But it goes, like I said, go back with the trauma, though. You know what I'm yeah. Because of the trauma I went through, I can't budge with certain aspects of yeah. what I think and stuff like that. So, yeah. All right. So, um, I'm going to just, I'm going to start. So, kind of, I would say in relationship sense, when it comes, my dad was incarcerated for nine and a half years. Um, my mom was a single mom in abusive relationships. Um, and, but I have a big family, y'all, like huge family. So 
we didn't go through a lot of what like my cousins and stuff went through, but we went through some of the same things. So I know just seeing my mom with, you know, being in abusive relationships and then my dad's not there having to go see him on visits and things like that. That kind of traumatized me in relationships. I used to settle in, um, go, I used to settle and, and will tolerate certain things um, just from the trauma of my dad being away. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to act out, want attention and all this stuff. It was, uh, it was crazy. But it was when I, probably four years ago, four years ago, and I was like, okay, listen, you are not going to continue to grow and, you know, deal with having to deal with this without it being like resolved or healing. And I had a deep conversation with my dad and y'all, my dad is saved now by the grace of God is why I was able to have this conversation with him. Yes. So I had to have a conversation with him. Like, listen, you say this and you say that, like say this and say that, but some of the things that I do in relationships come from, you know, you not being there, and then when you was here, like you missed so much time that you you don't know how to be a father yet, right. and um, all of this stuff. So, but I was able to kind of have conversations with both of my parents of how I felt growing up and how some of the stuff that they that they did caused like me to have some type of trauma when it comes to relationships, mm. like closed off, uh, just my mouth being smart, just different things. But um, so having that conversation with them, I like took time out for myself too before I jumped into another relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I was like, dang, I want to heal this portion before um, I jumped in a relationship. So yeah, just, I had a conversation with them and I'm like, Dude, you you're you're saying this and you're saying that, but you did this and you did that. Like it wasn't something like dramatic, big, but it's still. I feel like people think that. Well, people think that you have to go through something super dramatic mm-hmm. for it for it to traumatize you. Right. And it's like little stuff can traumatize you. Subtle stuff. Yeah. So for me, like. I don't never want to say, well, you know, your trauma is not as big as mine, so you can suck it up. And it's like, no, people deal with it differently. And it can traumatize you in certain areas, in certain ways and stuff. So, yeah, I definitely had to have a conversation before I can move forward with my life. And knowing I'm like, I am not about to be 30, 40, 50 years old, single, don't know how to resolve issues, don't know how to conversate with people, don't know how to see a healthy relationship, don't know how to whatever. Mm-hmm. So for me, I knew that once my parents were in a space to where they can forgive themselves for things that they did, I was going to have a conversation with them. And it was them getting saved to where they can you know, agree mm-hmm. and we can move forward from that. But yeah. I feel like I probably got more traumatizing stories, but that's one that um, sticks out. Yeah, sticks out. And then I didn't share this with you. I didn't tell you. So, yeah. Yeah, because I sure didn't know that. Yep. I did. I had a conversation. I called. I'm like, listen, man, you better listen to me. We was on phone phone because I was still in college. Yeah. 
it was my last semester, I believe it was my last semester, one of the most depressing semesters ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just hate for people to leave and walk away and stuff like that. So I'm like, I'm, I need to heal. Right. Um, like I want to be a wife, I want to be a mother, but I can't heal until mm-hmm. I'm uh, allow this to let go. Right. Yeah, so I just called and he listened and talked. Um, and then we had a conversation in person. It wasn't immediately because I was, you know, four hours away, but we right. definitely had the conversation just to recap and make sure that we both was on the same page. But yeah, I love my dad to death. But you know, certain things that you go through, sometimes it's not their fault just because of what they have to deal with. Right. Yeah. So what about you? And see what's interesting is that ours is almost the same, but mm-hmm. not not all the way, but it's mostly the same. So uh, so you remember when I told you about me praying at church, right? Uh-huh. And I went into full detail. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so one day I was praying at church, for like off the call, and then uh, some in my prayer, like I was saying some, uh, I don't know, something about like pain and hurt or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, once I got done, I saw my mom, and she was walking towards me, and I was walking towards her, and I was just crying. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, "Mom, I'm sorry," but I think when I look back at it, it's like. I kind of just wanted to hear her apologize, mm-hmm. so I feel like I had to apologize first, you know, because in a, in a sense, well, not in a sense, but the truth is, my parents aren't really, the, they're not the full blame for me being labeled a bad child, mm-hmm. you know, even though they played factors of why I acted the way I did, I still made the decision to act that way, mm-hmm. you know, and then especially when I got older, when I got older, I can't just be like, oh, because of what y'all put me through all this time, it's, Playing Quiet. in this role, no, it's like you know you you trying to find who you are, uh-huh. but because of the trauma you've been through and because of the issues you have, mm-hmm. you don't really know your own identity, you know. And That's so a great point. To, yeah, so you're just trying to fit in, and so uh, <clears throat> so yeah, so me and her hugged it out, mm-hmm. and I thought we was gonna be good after that, yeah. right? And so I went to work because I wanted to call my dad that same Sunday. But I didn't. I just couldn't because talking to him was my biggest fear because uh-huh. we never had an emotional conversation. You know, and he'll always be like, uh, hey, what's wrong? Talk to me. But I'd be like, you're not going to do nothing about it. And I know that. So I'm like, I'm not going to say nothing. I'm just going to say everything is fine. <clears throat> so I went to work that Monday. And I told her, I said, I wanted to call my dad so bad, but I couldn't. Like, I just couldn't. She was like, you missed a blessing at that moment. Like God wanted you to talk to your dad and you refused to. You thought you missed your blessing or something like that. And I was thinking about it and I was like, man, I just want to get this out of the way. Mm-hmm. And so I went to work. I can pinpoint, I'm thinking right now where I was at. Like there's a camera like to my back. So from the machine I was running. So we had these, uh, basically like these cardboard piles. And I went to the other side of it to where the camera couldn't see me. And I like called them. And I'm nervous as hell. Like, the, the mortar's phone ringing, mm-hmm. the nervous I'm getting. And so then he answered. And then when he answered, I'm like, how do you even start this off? Like, how you start off this conversation? But what happened to make you want to have this conversation? Well, it started with the prayer. Okay. See, the prayer was the, the thing that once I apologized to her, I felt like I needed to apologize to him because it was all about getting this out of the way. I'm 20. 22 to the age of, I'm either 22 or 23. I'm saying, like, what happened in your childhood to make you, at 20 years old, be like, 
or apologize to my parents. I need to apologize to them. <clears throat> well, it was more of just apologizing for being labeled the bad kid. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I can't say nothing really happened in my childhood where I can just pinpoint and be like, I need to apologize for this particular instinct, but uh, or in particular uh, situation. But I would just, after I said the prayer I said at church, I just wanted a relief. Like, I just wanted to be relieved from this bondage of hating my parents. That's mm-hmm. how I felt. Like, I just felt like I hated them. Like, I didn't want nothing to do with them. You know what I'm saying? And then people would be like, you only got, people more care about you and your mom. They don't really mm-hmm. care if, if you beef with your dad. They care if you beef with your mom, though. And so, like, everybody was like, you only got one mother. You only got one mother. I'm like, okay. Because <laughs> like, for real, you only got one mom. And like, you gonna miss her when she goes home. Well, I, you know, and I just, I really felt that way. Like, I was like, yeah, I prepared myself. I told people that for years. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I already dealt with that situation. Like, if she passed away, I dealt with the fact that I'm making a decision not to have a relationship. So you me. had strong, at this point in your life, strong hatred for Yeah. yeah. But what did they do to you? Whew. Lord, they, you know what I mean? Because right now, at 20 years old, you're traumatized, and now you got this strong hate towards the people that birthed you and it's you know what i mean like so what happened to you they when was, you were traumatized they was like if i'm just speaking frank if i'm being honest, i'm telling you the same thing i told another guy yeah i felt as if i was just a prisoner in my whole life mm-hmm. like i would just switch different uh like jails every week mm-hmm. that's all i felt like i'd be transferred to another prison every Friday. Mm-hmm. And I was just going back and forth. So like they was like they was pinning me it's against deep. the other one. Mm-hmm. Like on a like when I was I keep saying five. I don't really know if I was five, but five five just sounds like the age for me. So I just <laughs> I keep saying five. But I could have been possibly older, but my first memory of life is at five. Mm-hmm. That's that's like I just woke up one day randomly, didn't know where I was at, but I walked around, saw my sister and was like you know, how old am I? She said I was five. I was like, no, I'm not. She's like, yes, you She yelled for mama. We went to the other room. She had a baby on her hand. She's like, ain't Louis five? I didn't know my name was Louis. <laughs> yeah, she was like, yeah, yeah, I'm promising. Like, my first memory of life, I'm five years old. So okay. I keep saying five because that's where life started for me. It was like, okay. consciously was at five. So, yeah, so they would be like, uh, how do you want to do your living arrangements? Like, do you want to stay with me or do you want to stay with your dad? You know, and uh, well, if you stay with your dad, you know, life is going to be like this for you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just negative. Then the next week you're with your dad, and he's like, well, if you stay with your mama, you know, life's going to be like this. This is another pile of negative. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, dang, I don't want to stay with either one of y'all, dude. Right. <laughs> but, you know, you're making a decision. Now, I got, when I got older, and the conversation was still going on because this went on for years. Mm-hmm. So it was like when I got older, <clears throat> let's say around 10 ish or something like that, just throwing numbers out there. But I would say like around 10, the conversation came back up and it was just like, you know, what do you want to do? I'm like, well, I have a younger brother here and an older sister on my mama's side. My dad's side, I just got my older brother. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have real. At this time, we close. Me and my older brother is close at this time. Like, we stand up. 
watching Sub, not Sub Zero, but like the Zorro. Uh-huh. You know, the TV show dude had to look, uh, you don't watch Zorro. Uh-huh. Girl, I'm talking about black and white uh-uh. TV set. Oh my God, what you talking about? But I was going to act like I did. <laughs> <laughs> and like, we had, we, it was like old Disney with black and white Mickey Mouse would pop up. We staying up late watching all this stuff. Like, we would stay up, take turns, who going to ask that, who, if we can get popcorn or ice cream. Those are the only two options at that old house. Yeah. Our funnest members at the old house. My dad's house. It's the same. It's in the same spot. Uh huh. But the house ended up getting burned down. Oh, okay. And life went upside down when that house, house got burned down. So it's like our me and his relationship vanished once the house got burned down. We stayed in the same room and everything at the time. And so like, uh, yeah. So I'm dealing with a mother who strongly disliked my dad, mm-hmm. a dad who strongly disliked my mother, mm-hmm. and he marries a woman. Who strongly dislike my mother, and then she turns around and strongly dislikes me, you know. And so now I'm in this situation where I have no safe place. Mm-hmm. You know, so it doesn't matter which household I'm in, you know. I'm the because I'm my mother's middle child. I'm my oldest son. Those middle childs go through the most. Man, they don't I, do I'm a middle either. child. I think that's why we vibe so much. Man, it's. <laughs> And then, like, my older sister is five years older than me. Oh. And so, with her being a girl, but I was uh-huh. kept being told, you got to be the man of the house. Right. You know, so you, you hear that. All you know, she didn't give me full details. She's mm-hmm. just like, you supposed to be the provider and all this type of stuff. They mean the man of the house. Okay, then. Sis, you got to answer to me. Right. What am I answering to you for? <laughs> I'm the man of the house. Like, who are you to tell me to go to bed? Like, yeah, come on, yeah. man. So that's okay. You know, so I'm not understanding the role that I'm really playing. Mm-hmm. And so, like, me and my older sister bump heads because of the role conflict that I'm having of my misunderstanding of what she's expecting from me as the man of the house, being the oldest boy. So, me and my sister collided a few times. Well, a lot. But my younger brother was the only safe area I had. Mm-hmm. Like, he was the only one that I was like, I can go to for anything. So, while I'm dealing with all this stuff, my parents trying to get at each other by using me. I'm acting out in school because I just want attention. Mm-hmm. But the teachers who was like a mother figure to me, like Miss Branch, saved my life for real. That was my first grade teacher. She really saved my life because when the love she gave me in first grade affected me for the rest of my life. Uh-huh. And so every time I saw her, it was an emotional excitement because yeah. this was the one lady that if I didn't have a mother, I would want that to be her. You know what I'm saying? Well, if I could choose a mother, I would want it to be her for real. Yes. Miss Brent just really saved my life. And then I had some uh rhythm teachers, I can never remember their name, but they the love they gave me also was very impactful. Miss Meadows was my reading teacher in uh middle school. I had her for three years, so she had no choice but to impact my life. <laughs> but it was like uh and not three years because I failed, but because we stayed in the same building for three yeah, years. Six everything. Yeah, so like to have her in a relationship that we built, every woman who impacted my life, like I was, I was, I was on my best behavior in those classes, uh-huh. you know, because they was like mother figures and things of that sort. So, yeah, but uh, I can't really just pinpoint all the trauma because it's just so much. It's just so many different memories that just come across my mind. That but the one really is feeling neglected, neglected, yeah, not loved, all not that. Loved. Like my my dad's mother. Was one individual who loved me, but I couldn't tell her the truth because, mm-hmm. you know, I just didn't know. I feel like she was, I knew she was going to tell my dad. Right. And my dad knew that she 
didn't like his wife. Right. So that was issues. One of my aunties, she would speak up for me uh, when I was young. Right. So it was certain people I had, but a lot of other people didn't see what was going on. Mm -hmm. You know. And this is why I would say, so that moves back to you like, um, 20 in church praying and wanted to apologize to them and we'll get back to like how it was resolved yeah. or how it was how you cope with it now mm-hmm. but just in the role that I I am in yeah. um, I felt a little bit of that when my dad was away and my mom you know in her situation um, the situation she was in you know I wanted attention mm-hmm. um, a lot of attention but anyways, I never had uh I always had love and support though. It's yeah. so weird. Like I always had like the love and support and and just wanted my dad around sometimes when he wasn't around affected me. Um, but this is why I'm in the role that I am because I see kids now that experience you know, deeper issues than I have experienced. And I kind of don't want them to feel as if nobody loves them or right. they don't have anybody in their corner. Right. Um, so if I can be the light in a child's life or even the adult life, like I feel like I did my part in this world. Like, and how you said that you had different teachers and mm-hmm. people that came in your life and kind of like helped you. Um, and I think being in the educational world, we I see that a lot. And right. it just lights my world up just to see and know that I'm making an impact um, and understanding that. So you just never know. People deal with different trauma, different things, and you should just always show that love and always be kind because you don't know who is dealing with what and when they're dealing with it. That's and I can say this now because I'm grown, but I couldn't say that back then. Um, I probably felt that way, but mm-hmm. I didn't know how to really express it. Right. But I really try to live my adult life now, just like knowing that people go through stuff. Um, kids go through stuff. Yeah. So when I walk in the school building, like I'm not, my trauma and what I'm going through um, doesn't matter at that point. You know, um, right. it's all about making sure I have a safe space for them. Um, so just back to you because that was just like super important mm-hmm. um but back to you so moving forward to your adult life like how did that how did this shape you feeling like you didn't have anybody um i was definitely trying to to fill that void uh uh-huh. in what ways by trying to like, get married young mm-hmm. like those was my thoughts like i wanted to plan my whole life out <clears throat> so once i turned like 18, 17, somewhere in there. Uh-huh. Well, it really was 17, because it was my senior year of high school, uh-huh. really. So it was like getting married was uh, very important to me at that time because uh, I didn't want to keep being lonely, and I felt like I dealt with loneliness extremely bad uh, growing up. So, yeah, it was like trying to fill that void of like this emptiness that I have inside, thinking I'm going to fill it with a wife and children, mm-hmm. you know, but it wasn't until I was like, and everything had to be done before 25. I done mapped it out. Okay, 25, okay. My son gets 10 or my daughter gets 10 or whatever. I can still play with them. I'm 35. I'm like, so that's not bad. You know, stay in good shape, all that type of stuff. 
And so then it was like, when 25 came, I was depressed because mm-hmm. none of this stuff happened. You know, here I am, a guy, I got my house. I just signed for my house uh, a couple of months before. Got a car, got a job. I got what they, you know, people say a man should have. And so it was just like, that hit me hard at 25 because it was like, this was it. Like Everything was supposed to be done before I got here. And it's not. And I felt like I failed. You know, but that depression was so well needed because it made me change my mindset. And now I'm not racing against time. Now I'm not sitting here like, oh, I got to do this before this time. Now it's like, okay, I missed the deadline. I'm not going to make another one. You know, I'm like, okay, well, I'm just... Now I got to trust God now. I feel like, mm-hmm. for real, I wasn't trusting God at first. Mm-hmm. I would have married anybody who would have said, yeah, for real, for real. It would have been sad as a dog right now. But it was like, once that came, it was like, okay, God, then it's, it's on you. You know, It's your time and whatever you decide, then fine. I can take my time now. I don't got to rush. I meet a girl in two months. I might be like, man, I just want to get married, man. But like before 25, because I desperately wanted to fill that void. And it just wasn't happening. So thank God none of that stuff <clears throat> worked out because that would have been a disaster. But so and then you you shared that you recently had a conversation with dad. No, mom. I had a conversation with both of them this year. Okay. This okay, year. but that that after the prayer, both of them conversations was technically had, but <clears throat> nothing was resolved from it. My dad relationship, let's just say we had put some tape on some broken pieces, yeah. but it was still a mess. You know what right. I'm saying? And so uh, it wasn't until this year, and like this year, I don't, I, it was sometime in the summertime, and he came over here and he talked to me. He was, it wasn't like uh, neither one of them basically was taking no credit for anything. Mm-hmm. But the second conversation, he was like, you know, I made a mistake here, and da 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 da. da. Uh, I see this now. I wish I would have done this differently, and I wish you'd have said something. But even if you did, I would have been too naive to notice it. And I was like, "Why did you wait to now to say something?" Mm-hmm. But you know, it was needed. So, and then my mother, we had our conversation. She still didn't admit to the truth, but she admitted to some of it. But I just like the conversation was had, regardless of it's the same or not. I just like the conversation was had, and I'm good with it. But sometimes people don't get the conversations that we need. And um, Lewis and I like both kind of had a conversation. Um, But we also just have to understand. So if you're listening and you're dealing with some type of trauma with parents or whatever, it's our responsibility now to make sure that we are okay. Right. No matter if you get that conversation, get that apology, um, it's it's our responsibility. Some of the stuff that we're holding on to and can't let go, like they probably forgot about it. I probably don't even remember because again, like they're they were young people trying to figure life out. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you just go back in history and time, um, it's just so many things that just be generational um, that nobody stopped. So you have the time, like it's your time, it's your choice, and you can stop the generational uh, cycle that's continuing to happen in your family. But 
it's our responsibility um, to deal with the trauma and try to learn how to cope with it, accept that this happened in my life. I didn't like it, but once I start a family, once I get into this career field or just my everyday life, I know that I will have to figure it out. So um, it sucks that we are all dealing with trauma in different shapes, different forms, mm-hmm. whichever it is. It doesn't have to be your parents. It could be just any trauma event that happened to you and that you're dealing with it. But just know if someone did something to you, just sometimes we don't have to um we don't have to wait for them to apologize or deal with something. Right. Go to counseling. Like I went to I'm in therapy now. Like go to, go go with it. Go do anything, journal, exercise, but Absolutely. figure it out. Right. But figure it out and make sure you are the best you for you. Um you have to if you are a mother or father or whatever, you cannot be the best version of yourself until you like put yourself first and make sure that you are healed. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that is the end of this episode. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Um, we will be having Lewis on here a whole lot because, you know, we that's my so. man. <laughs> 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 but no, like... Um, Having these different dialogues is definitely helpful. Um, It helps you think on a different level. Um, But yeah, until next time, peace out. Deuces.